The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It's been a wonderful last six weeks. The honor system was in vogue. You had a vaccine, even if you didn't. Nobody was giving you too much of a hassle. I think that's about to change. In fact, I think it is changing. And I have tried to be pretty consistent on this whole vaccine COVID situation. I'm frankly um, a bit weary of talking about it, but there are many different tentacles to it. And the situation is ever changing. So we will discuss it today somewhat here on a Friday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show because it concerns you and your ability to move in and out of your life. Restaurants, stores, businesses, work, um, schools, everybody is going out and about in some way, form, or fashion. Your kids are about to go back to school. They will be required to wear a mask on the bus, by the way. That is considered federal transportation. That is the one place that uh, right now I can say that your kids will not have an option if you're riding a bus of a public school system. But what about the mounting, alarming reaction to COVID numbers? Is it legit? Is it overblown? Because they've botched the messaging before, should we assume they're botching the messaging now? Should we sit up and pay attention? I don't want to give you wrong information. I would never want to put you in peril. I would never want to put myself in peril. So I've dug into some of the numbers, and I've had some conversations with some very smart medical people, and I'm going to try to explain to you today in layman's terms so you can understand it, what the CDC is basing its newfound caution on, and again, you can evaluate it for yourself. I've always said, I'm not going to tell you to get the vaccine, I'm not going to tell you not to get the vaccine, because I believe as adults... We should make decisions for ourselves, and as adults, we should make the decisions for our kids. Nobody else should. I'm going to stick with that. It's been a consistent position that I've had since the very beginning. It's a tougher call for me to have a viewpoint or take a position on whether people who work with sick people should be made to take the vaccine. I am resistant as a matter of my freedom-loving self, to requiring anyone to do anything with their body. And say, well, that's an inconsistent position because you would not allow anyone to get an abortion if you were in the power to stop that. Yes, that's right. I would not allow anyone to do something to the body of a baby in the womb. You don't get to decide as the mother of that child that you can kill that child. Similarly, I don't think the president or the governor or anyone else should be able to tell you what to do with your body. In terms of abortion, I think my position is consistent, that I'm not going to allow the mother to tell the baby I'm ending your life. Similarly, I'm not going to allow the governor, the president, or anybody to tell me I have to take a vaccine. I think that's consistent. But I heard two friends today talking about the situation that prevails at Mount Carmel Hospital. And they were not talking about Mount Carmel. They were talking about another hospital where they said to me, and I don't know if they're wrong or right, they just said to me that at this hospital, 
Cincinnati Children's Hospital, only 50% of the employees have taken the vaccine. 50%. And they were of the opinion, see, I do cross political aisles in my friendships. They were of the opinion that that's egregious, that they should be made to get the vaccine because they're around sick kids. And those kids are, by definition, immunocompromised. One of these guys is a dyed-in-the-wool conservative. He is as conservative as conservative can be. The other one is, I don't really know his politics, but he was of the opinion that they should be made to get vaccinated. And, you know, when you listen to people make a convincing argument, you kind of get pulled along in their direction. And I didn't want to be pulled along in their direction because I'm an individual choice person. But I got to admit, I was a little bit swayed, tempted to be swayed by their view that if you're around sick people, you're dealing with sick people, and you're not vaccinated, then you're putting those sick people in danger. I don't think anybody anybody in the medical profession wants to put sick people in danger. But I watched that protest outside Mount Carmel the other night, and I uh, had a very good friend give me an eyes-on-scene report from there. And I guess my question is, is my position consistent as it concerns vaccines for people in healthcare? Can you be pro-choice on getting the vaccine and be not pro-choice but mandate it for healthcare workers? I just think it's an interesting discussion. If you care to weigh in, let me know if you're a Mount Carmel person caught in this a dilemma, I'd love to hear from you if you are being forced, coaxed, encouraged, strong-armed to take the vaccine at your place of work. How committed are you to holding on to your autonomy with your body? Is it worth your job? It would be worth mine. If I were required to get the vaccine to keep my job, I don't believe that I would do that. In fact, I'm pretty certain I wouldn't do that. It would give me a window into how my employer felt about me. That would be my struggle if I was a Mount Carmel hospital worker, was that Mount Carmel feels entitled to make a decision for me that I think is solely my decision to make. So I remain in favor of individuals being able to make their own choices. But I also remain in favor of Individual businesses being able to make their own choices. Those are consistent positions. I'm trying to stay consistent on all this. I just wish the CDC would remain consistent. I think a lot of things could be true here. Number one, we could be dealing with healthcare people who just can't stand the idea of anybody getting sick. (laughs) Rochelle Walensky, Anthony Fauci, just the very idea of not doing something that they could do, could recommend, could push that might keep people from getting sick. Well, they feel incumbent upon them to do that. It could be they love power. They don't want to surrender their power. That could be part of it. It could be that they're just addicted to the spotlight. And surrendering the spotlight could even be a subliminal thing. I just, I like people calling me and asking me to go on CNN and all the other networks. I don't have the courage of my convictions to say, and I really don't have anything new to say. This thing's about burn itself out. And sure, there are going to be spikes from 
now and then, but don't panic. I don't know that that's in their nature to say that. Everything about the recent change. Vaccinated people now have to wear a mask. Franklin County, you're being encouraged now. Indoors, wear a mask, no matter what. You're not at the highest level for COVID yet, but, you know, if it's, here's this phrase you're going to hear all the time. Here's the phrase you're going to hear. Two of them. One of two phrases. You're going to hear it all the time. Get ready. Number one, the Delta variant is a thousand times more contagious than the Alpha variant. You're going to hear that. And you're going to hear this. This is the new talking point today. Somebody at the CDC came up with this. I hope they trademarked it so they can get a royalty on it because I'm hearing it all over the media today. Now, Delta variant is as contagious as the chicken pox. I'm hearing that everywhere. So you're going to hear that too. Okay. I've said, I will buy it if you tell me why, and I think you're being genuine with me. Well, we finally now have what the CDC is basing its new impetus for pushing the panic button on. It's something that happened in Massachusetts which is a long way from Ohio, but still is being extrapolated, not just into Ohio, but all across the country. So is the so-called Cape Cod cluster outbreak worthy of the attention that it is being paid? I will dig into the numbers and try to sort it out for you next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Friday, Bruce Hooley Show. Congrats on the weekend. Hope you have big plans and hope they go off well. Will you be able to go into a restaurant without a mask? Uh, The CDC is now recommending that in Franklin County, everyone wears a mask indoors, even if you are vaccinated. It is a curious recommendation alongside their other recommendation, stronger than a recommendation, get vaccinated. I don't think telling people to wear masks is an inducement to getting a vaccine if you still have to wear a mask after you've been vaccinated. Because I think what they're hoping is that everyone will look at this equation. Should I get a vaccine? If I don't already have one, what do I gain from it? Well, I get some people off my back, but I still have to wear my mask. So I think the general thought is, why would I get a vaccine if I still have to wear a mask? Or I think some people think, well, the vaccines must not work if everybody has to wear a mask. Um, Or they're sending the message, a mask protects you. So if I wear a mask, why get a vaccine? If the mask protects me, I don't have to get a shot. I don't like to go get shot. I don't like to uh, have a sore arm or side effects or headaches or anything. So I think the intended consequences of their recommendation undermines their hopes that people will get vaccinated. But today they finally came out with the data that a lot of us have been begging for on this change from if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask to now, if you're vaccinated, you do have to wear a mask. Much of it is predicated on the infectious nature of the Delta variant. Okay. So first of all, The problem all along has been laymen like myself and many other pundits have been able to take apart pieces and parts of things that supposedly authoritative voices have said all throughout this 
COVID situation, right? We've pointed out the inconsistencies and you don't need to wear a mask. A mask doesn't help you. Now you got to wear a mask. Now you might want to wear two masks. Now, now you don't need to wear a mask. Now you need to wear a mask. The inconsistency, right? And then occasionally there's been stuff. It, it just seems to me like they're giving me half the story most of the time. The half that plays to what they want me to believe. But it goes without saying, does it not, that if you're getting half-truths, you're also getting half-lies. Or half of the story left unsaid. So in sitting down last night with a friend of mine who is very smart and is a doctor and who looks at the CDC site and who analyzes the CDC site, he attempted to explain to me in a question that I asked about, is this true that this variant is a thousand times more contagious? And so we talked about the term viral load, because that is something Anthony Fauci has talked about. I played a cut for you yesterday about viral load. Here is Anthony Fauci yesterday. I believe this is the cut where at the end he mentions viral load. When you go back 60 days or the two months ago, when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and gets a breakthrough infection, it was considerably less than the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. The data were clear. Now that we have a Delta variant, that has changed the entire landscape. Because when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a vaccinated person, who gets a breakthrough infection with Delta, it is exactly the same as the level of virus in a unvaccinated uh. person who's infected. Okay, so what's your takeaway from that as a layman? You're like, oh, guy's been vaccinated. He's got the same viral load in his nose as somebody who's been unvaccinated. So therefore, this Delta variant must be serious. So that's what I asked my friend, the doctor, about. And he explained to me that when a nasal swab is taken, first of all, they vary greatly, Okay. Some people stick the swab in way deep, some don't, some swipe it, some dig around with it. So the amount of sample on each swab could be different. That could affect the test results. There's so few traces of the virus on the swabbing that they have to put it in some kind of an apparatus and they have to do what's called cycling. They have to double it and double it and double it and double it and double it before it shows up. This is common. This is a proven medical practice, but that that procedure is called cycling. Well, you know, obviously the number of times you have to cycle it, the number of times you have to double it would indicate, well, there's a lot of virus in there or there's not a lot of virus in there. Okay. So the cycling process is called a cycling threshold. And so Fauci just told you that's what they gauge viral load by is by the cycling number. Okay. So what I found out last night from my friend is, and he sent me the screenshot, and I'm going to read from it right now, from the CDC website, from the CDC website. They have a frequently asked questions portion on there. Can a cycling threshold value determine how much viral genetic material is present in an individual patient specimen? That's the question on the CDC website. So can this cycling threshold determine how much Viral genetic material is present and thus predict how infectious a person with COVID is. That's the question on the site. Here's the answer from the CDC. 
No. Cycling threshold values should not be used to determine a patient's viral load, how infectious a person may be, or whether a person can be released from isolation or quarantine. So again, gotcha. In a half-truth, which is a half-lie. Mike in Worthington, first today on The Bruce Hooley Show. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good. Marvelous. Hey, um, been listening to your show uh, quite a bit here lately, and you know what people don't really seem to bring up anymore is that we have immune systems. They never bring that up, Mike. They never bring up immunity. They never bring up immunity from having COVID and recovery. Yeah, I mean, it's just like people have forgotten that we have immune systems. The human race has been around for how long? And we haven't had to use masks to make it this long, so I just don't get it anymore. Yeah, well, here's my, and you're right, you're right, because here's the deal. The mRNA vaccine induces your body to make antibodies. It is inducing your body to make the very antibodies that your body makes when you have COVID and recover from COVID. That is why the Cleveland Clinic, Washington University in St. Louis, and Emory University studies all say that natural antibodies produced by your own body, not by the mRNA vaccine, are longer lasting and may in fact be there forever. Now to the Cape Cod study that the CDC is so enamored with. So Cape Cod, Massachusetts, summertime, big vacation spot, right? A lot of people milling around, beautiful weather. They're on the Cape, everybody flocking in there. So it's like party central. All right, so you got a lot of people around. Ideal conditions for spreading COVID. People, close quarters, walking around, going into shops. So they found they had a breakout of COVID among people who'd already been vaccinated. Oh, alarm bells. Whoop, 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 whoop. So they start looking into it. And here is what the Cape Cod cluster study says. This is right from the CDC. They finally gave the data. Of 469 cases linked to the multiple summer events and large summer gatherings in a small town, 346 of them occurred in fully vaccinated people. So 74% of the people infected had already been vaccinated. 80% of the 74% had symptoms. Okay? How many people were hospitalized? Of 469 cases, of 469 cases, how many were hospitalized? Five. Four of them were fully vaccinated. So it doesn't look like the vaccine does any good, right? How many died? Zero. Zero. Zero deaths. Four vaccinated people were hospitalized. One unvaccinated person. I don't know why that doesn't mean that if you're not vaccinated, you're better off. But it doesn't. I'm not saying it does. I'm just saying that's an oddity. 133 cases that they analyzed 89% of those were from the Delta variant. So they sampled about a third of the cases and found that 90% of those cases were Delta. So the Delta thing's real. The infectious nature of it may be real. The study they're making everybody mask up because of is a study that confirms that a very small percentage, very small, get hospitalized and none die. So we all get to reorder our lives because of that.